This is Thank You Heartbreak. Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea Lee Trescott. As a breakup coach, relationship advice columnist, and the founder of Break Upward, Chelsea is passionate about human beings and their stories. She talks to people about their journeys in love, growth, heartbreak, revelations, and every wound and lesson along the way. This podcast shines a light on heartbreak, showing you that the most crushing experiences are also your greatest opportunity to become meaningful, relatable human beings. Now, let's get to the heart of it. Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea Lee, Trescott Breakup Coach and Podcast Host of Thank You Heartbreak, and this is episode 40 with myself. Myself. That hasn't happened in a hot second. Actually, in episode 33, I was talking to Jesse Rutherford and I was saying that, you know, I haven't done 40 of anything in life. Now, the reality is I have ridden 40 pieces before. I have driven down the same street 40 times. I have called my boyfriend 40 times to tell him I love him. I have done something 40 times. But when it comes to a project, a passion project, really a project based around a career, I find myself inching toward 40, really inching toward 50. and somehow just dropping the ball suddenly. Not giving up, not abandoning an idea, but stepping away. And it's not to say that it's completely conscious. It happens. And I think though about, you know, romantic relationships, you could be inching toward six months and do everything to hold on. Be like, this isn't the relationship for me, but I'm almost at six months. I'm almost at six months. I can say I was with someone for six months and you dig your fingernails in. I think it especially happens when you're coming close to the one year mark. You know, you get to this age where it seems so much more significant to say, oh, I've been in a relationship for a year, when in reality, you were checked out emotionally for months, and yet just try to get to that signifier, what is the word? Milestone. There we go. A marker of a milestone, and usually that comes with more time. I have to say, though, I wish that we could apply the same drive, determination, unreasonable grit, even, optimism to our career, to our passion projects. So here we are, episode 40, and I am so happy that I've stuck in the game. I didn't think for a second about giving up. It really is a reassuring moment every time I see that someone's listening. Again, I say that it feels very different than, you know, me posting something on Instagram and seeing the amount of people that like it. I know that we can easily scroll through, not just you, me, through something and like it or take it in. You know, where we have a short attention span in today's world and we consume things quickly. But knowing that someone is clicking play and at least thinking, you know, they're going into it thinking that they could be listening to this for an hour is huge to me and it ain't stopping. I'm just so excited about that. I'm so excited about the guests that I have coming up and also what I'm going to add to Thank You Heartbreak. You know, I'm already doing two episodes a week, but... Part of me is just like, I got to answer questions on top of that. You know, we got to get callers on. You can really see someone just doing this for seven days, I swear. There's so much to give. What I want to address in this episode is actually two things that came up in my Facebook memory timeline. I love that thing. Honestly, I've always said that Facebook to me is just an archive. It's my diary. And I love seeing where my mind was at. I especially love seeing that over the years, there's a running theme. There is, you know, the thread of myself throughout. I see that I've always been really questioning the same things. The same themes have been close to my heart. And that has always mattered to me in life because 
because I've always really held consistency in character to such a high standard. So I love seeing that there has been a, again, a consistent message running through my life. It makes me feel like I'm really on purpose right now. Both things that came up in my timeline actually are things from two years ago. The first one is a quote and the second one is from the advice column that I had with the Huffington Post surrounding decisions to make on Thanksgiving and really how to listen to your own intuition. But of course it deals with the relationship and I thought I can't wait till next year to pull this one out and obviously since it's Thanksgiving based, what better time to do it? First, though, I want to start with a quote to kind of set us up, and this came in two years ago. It's by Dean Koontz. Grief can destroy you or focus you. You can decide a relationship was all for nothing if it had to end in death and you alone. Or you can realize that every moment of it had more meaning than you dared to recognize at the time. So much meaning it scared you. So you just lived, just took for granted the love and laughter of each day, and didn't allow yourself to consider the sacredness of it. But when it's over and you're alone, you begin to see that it wasn't just a movie and a dinner together, not just watching sunsets together, not just scrubbing a floor or washing the dishes together or roaring over a high electric bill. It was everything. It was the why of life, every event and precious moment of it. In an effort to keep this episode short and sweet, let's see if I can do it. I'm just going to get right into the letter that I received. And to be honest, I haven't read back this letter or my response. So repeating it, there might be some surprise and revelations as I am going over the past. And, you know, listen, this is a reason why this writing particularly holds such a, a deep, spot in my heart, obviously, because it was really a time where it was validated that people really needed help and people were out there and they were looking for it. And somehow out of all the people in the world, all the information on the internet, people were finding me. What people didn't know about me and where I was at at this time is this was really the first writing that I had done sober, sober minded. For eight years, I was addicted to Adderall and it took over my life. It certainly took over my creative ability. I had got a master's at that time in writing. So I was very much writing and creating, but debilitated by what I was addicted to and fearing that I didn't know what was me and what was it. So this was the first writing that I was doing that was completely me. However, I was feeling at the time and I wasn't using anything to boost my appeal to myself or guess my intelligence. It was really just coming straight from my heart. So with that, let's get into this. Dear Chelsea, my sister died suddenly in August 2016. My husband does not like my sister's husband. My husband said he doesn't like my brother-in-law because he reminds him of people he didn't like in his past. Here's where the drama unfolds. My mother invited my sister's husband to Thanksgiving dinner. I have a problem with my sister's husband right now because after 35 years together, she even waited for him while he was in prison for more than a decade. He announced that he had met someone two months after my sister's death. We all believe my brother-in-law was dating this woman before my sister passed, even though he said he wasn't. Currently, my mother, brother-in-law, and I are in grief therapy to deal with losing my sister. Our counselor suggested we do things together that my sister liked as a form of healing. Here is where additional drama unfolds. My husband does not want us to go to my mother's house for Thanksgiving dinner because my brother-in-law will be there. My mother feels Thanksgiving dinner could be an exercise for healing. My husband refuses to go and has said I am not being loyal to him if I go. 
He also said I should put him before all of them and find another counselor. My husband and I have gotten into huge arguments over this topic and even talked about divorce. I'm in the middle of this because I want to go to my mother's house to be with her on the first Thanksgiving after my sister's death, but I don't want my husband to be unhappy and alone on Thanksgiving either. My husband knows the reason why I want to go to my mother's. I told him he is being controlling. I also said consider my feelings, but his position has not changed. I don't know what to do. I am torn. I feel miserable, and I often cry about the situation to figure things out. Please give me your advice. I need it desperately. Sincerely, Torn and Miserable on Thanksgiving. Dear Torn and Miserable on Thanksgiving, There's only one answer for you, and that is to go to your mother's house. Intuition tells me you're crying, not because the question you have for me is confusing, but because the answer is clear. Not because you are torn, but because you are tired. Understandably so. Tired of the drama unfolding around the passing of your sister. Tired of the drama distracting from your sister. Tired of your husband's refusals and conditions, his insistence on having his needs honored first and foremost. You are tired of his unwillingness to put you and your loss at center stage. You are tired of knowing what to do, but not feeling supported enough to do it. Do you know what provokes the most tears from us? Not confusion, but clarity. We cry the hardest when we know what we must do and are afraid to do it. We cry the hardest when we then hesitate, when we fall behind into the shadow of someone else's desires, into the straitjacket of expectation. Right now you are hurting from events beyond your control. Your sister's sudden death, the rate at which your brother-in-law moves on, the roadblocks your husband has scattered around your path of grief. All of this and more. But your misery is a consequence of your resisting your own help, of not holding yourself accountable to what you can control. Misery is what becomes us when we give our life away. But enough life has already been taken from you. It would be a tragedy to let more be taken under your own watch. My advice is to hold on to your life and choose where you want to spend your hours. To be mourning and resolute is difficult. It requires energy. And God knows that when we are winded by tragedy, the last thing we can picture ourselves doing is standing up for ourselves, standing up and saying that the next steps we will take is for us to decide. Whether we choose this counselor or that counselor, whether we go to our mother's house for Thanksgiving and leave our husband to stew at home is our choice, is your choice. Right now, this is not your husband's call. And you are crying because you know that. You are crying because he should know that. You are crying because when a woman loses her sister, the last thing she can stomach is losing faith in the man she loves. You are crying because today is not the day to learn what every single one of us will need to learn. You are crying because you do not feel ready to lose more of what you thought you knew. But the truth is, if you want life beyond these tears, you will need to move forward in spite of readiness. The beauty is, you can handle this. You can handle what death and drama and disappointment is teaching you. Because what it's teaching you will save you. What it's teaching you will reward you with a more valued life. We are our only answer. We're the only way out of our misery. Your husband is proof that when life disappoints us, so can the person we love. This is why we cannot afford to disappoint ourselves. Because if life can disappoint us and love can disappoint us and we can disappoint us, who do we trust in? And what are our chances for joy? If you put your husband's needs before your own on Thanksgiving, not only will you disappoint yourself, you will become someone who disappoints herself. 
you'll become someone who has not only lost her sister, but who went on to lose herself, her voice, her principles, her loyalty. This is why my advice to you is to spend Thanksgiving at your mother's house. You told me that's where you want to be, so that's where you must go. This is a step in the right direction. And while the right direction is different for everyone, your right direction will not let you down. Your right direction will take you further and further away from miserable. And that is where you want to head, right? When you show up at your mother's for Thanksgiving, be grateful for finding the strength to get yourself there. For being a daughter who shows up for her mother. For being a sister who goes where her sister would want her to be. For being a woman who shows up for herself. The courage to follow your heart, to choose the right path, especially when it's a more difficult one, will move you through the hardest, most heartbreaking times. Trust in that. Love. Chelsea. If this episode resonated with you, it would mean the absolute world if you could pass it on and let other people know about it. How you can support this podcast is really just sharing it, telling people about it. If you know someone that's hurting in their heart, tell them about Thank You Heartbreak. And if you want to be a guest on Thank You Heartbreak, reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at Thank You Heartbreak, or you can email me directly at Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, at BreakUpward, B-R-E-A-K-U-P-W-A-R-D, Com. And if you're interested in one-on-one coaching sessions, you can visit my website, breakupward.com slash shop, where you can check out directly from my site. It's a super, 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 super simple process. Of course, I will answer any of your questions before you book. And again, you can email me at chelsea at breakupward.com. There's many different coaching options. And I would love to show up for you as you begin to show up in more wise and clarifying and secure ways for yourself. Thanks for listening, everyone.